Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 141 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Erin Giles. Erin lives in Phoenix, Arizona, where she is an optometrist who works for Indian Health Services and also does telemedicine related to diabetic retinopathy. Did I say all those words right? That was a lot of words coming out of my mouth. Yeah. Yeah, you did great. (laughs) Good, good. Nice to talk to you today, Erin. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Jen. It's just like I said, you're like my Michael Jordan. So I'm oh, so gosh. glad or happy to meet you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. You know, I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting? And when was that? Well, it's kind of a long journey how I kind of got here. So I'll just kind of start from the beginning. Back when I was really little, I was born and I had a 
rare blood disease when I was about two and a half, three years old called ITP. And as a result of that, I had to go on like high oral steroids. And so I got to be a real chunky (laughs) kid. Um, And so I kind of got the reputation of like always snacking and the chubby, you know, child. And my, my parents actually had to like tie the doors shut on the cabinet. So (laughs) that's what's so tough because, you know, steroids increase appetite, you know, I mean, you know that obviously, but we know that and and it wasn't your fault. I felt so bad for poor little two-year-old Aaron. (laughs) Right. So uh, it was cute at the time, but it kind of set up this like pattern of like, you know, snacking and being, you know, kind of having these feelings of being the chubby kid. And because I luckily out kind of outgrew that, but I sort of had that pattern of place of always needing to be a snacker and a grazer. And as I grew up, I was pretty active and I did sports and so I, I stayed a normal, healthy weight, but, you know, I kind of always wanted to be thinner and look at other girls and say, oh, I wish I had skinny legs like her and <laughs> stuff like this. But anyway, I didn't really have a huge weight problem until I got uh, pregnant. And so at that point, um, I got really ill and I was sick pretty much my entire pregnancy, nauseous and I had bad back pain. It was just a real struggle the entire time. And I had to eat like every two hours or else I would get sick. <laughs> so now, I was the same way when I was pregnant. As long as I kept food coming in all the time, I felt better. It's, it's a, the struggle is real. Yeah. And for somebody that always kind of had this fear around like food and eating to snack. And if I didn't, I would get sick. This was already before I was pregnant. Like I have to eat within two hours of waking up or I'm going to be sick. You know, um, it just really reinforced that. And so I wound up gaining like 75 pounds. And so that was really rough. And I felt miserable. And I thought like it wasn't even food I wanted to eat. It was like, you know, pop tarts and anything you could just get down, you know. And so when that was all over, I started trying to get back in shape. I had my son. And then pretty soon after that, I had a pulmonary embolus. <laughs> so, so it was like, again, I can't exercise. And so I was just having all these health problems and I tried to lose the weight. But after that, it was just like nothing I did. I had just an extra 20 pounds that I just couldn't really get rid of. And, you know, throughout my life, I had tried different dieting and things, but I really just stayed kind of the same weight. But now it was like these pounds really needed to go because they were unhealthy. And so I tried all different diets, um, but primarily what I was doing was just caloric restriction, if you really want to be honest about it. So I was doing linguazines and, you know, I would bring like a giant sack of, I remember, food to work, but it was all healthy food, you know. Right. <laughs> but I was just eating all day fruits, you know, yeah. but I was all, it was just all counting calories. So I was like working out. I was like, why am I still not losing this weight when I'm only eating like 1100 calories a day, you know, it just didn't make any. And I bet you were hungry, so hungry all the time. Yeah. And I was tired and I was just fighting this battle. I was like, this used to work for me and why doesn't it work now? And, you know, of course, what I didn't realize is all the hormonal issues I was up against. And um, so anyway, I'm starting to have like all these early signs of insulin resistance. So I kind of started Googling that and that was probably, and I want to say probably like 2018, And so fasting was one of the things that was starting to come up a lot. And so (laughs) I'm pretty sure that your podcast was one of the first ones that I saw and I was listening to it. And unfortunately for me, I'm not the best auditory learner. (laughs) 
I get it. The struggle is real. I'm the same way. So, so what I would do, I listened to your podcast and, you know, my mom's a teacher also. So I loved how you could relate things in like not a sciencey way, but just also really approachable. And so I listened to all those stories, you know, all your fasting, intermittent fasting stories and, and I read your books and I even read obesity code and it was just like a slow progression, really. Like it was like, it was making sense, but it was just like, I, I can't possibly do that. Right. <laughs> like I can't even go two hours without. Right. Cause you were the snacker. Yeah. You were the one who had to eat all, you know, I, I get it. Yeah. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. So good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. So I was like, I want to do this and inherently it makes sense, but I was just, how, how can I approach this? So what I did was I started off and um, probably 2018 with fasting and um, I did the, I did the dirty fast, the cream and the coffee. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so it did allow me over that period of like, you know, eight months or so that I was doing that to really increase my window to where I could go past 9 30 and then eventually noon where I could fast longer because I didn't think I had the confidence to even do that but I really wasn't seeing like major changes okay and so I was proud of myself that I wasn't feeling like as controlled you know by food and that I had the freedom that I didn't need to bring this giant bag of <laughs> food to work every oh, yeah. day. you know and that in itself was big because I really felt like I was like kind of in a fearful place with food, like it kind of controlled me in a way, like I had anxiety around food, like I might get stuck on an airplane and there won't be something to eat or, you know, I might have to have a surgery and I'll have to go all day with fasting. Like it really was a place of like 
it control like how I made decisions, you know, because I get that. I, I really, really do. Because, you know, um, I've talked about this before. I used to always have food in my purse if I was going to, you know, go somewhere. And in my classroom, I would stock up. I had a snack cabinet that was also my coffee cabinet. And that whole cabinet in the back of the room was by the sink. And I had a coffee maker I would pull out. I could make a latte at any time, but <laughs> which is crazy. But I mean, you know, I was ready. But I, you know, for, you know, depending on what, quote, diet I was on, I might have had shakes up in that cabinet and I pulled down my little blender, made a shake if I was hungry, or I might have snack crackers up there or peanut to just depend on how I was eating, but I was never away from food. Yeah. And it's this antiquated dogma that kind of keeps us thinking like you can't go, you know, a couple hours without eating or you're going to die, you know, and right. And now my approach is so different, you know, like I used to think like just the other day I had an apple cider Keurig thing and I thought, I just have this just out of boredom before. And now I see it's 20 grams of sugar and, you know, yeah. 20 grams of carbs. And it, I just, cause it was 80 calories and no fat before I thought that's a freebie pretty much, you know? Right. That's how I felt about that. I would have, you know, depending on whether I was on a diet or off a diet back, you know, way before intermittent fasting, I had a, I had a Tassimo machine. I don't know if they still make those. They probably do, but they had lattes, little cartridges that you would put in like a Keurig, but they, they had the milk. And if I was on a diet, I would get the skinny latte that only had, I don't know how many calories. If I wasn't, I would have the whole milk one. But yeah, it felt like a freebie. Right. It's just hormonally what it's doing is so different than that calories in, calories out model. So now I know that. But back then, <laughs> I was still kind of figuring it out. And so I think it was like probably June of 2019, I started to kind of just listen more intently to like what you were saying. And because you were saying like all the time, of course, you were saying the clean fast is important, but I was still approaching it from like, well, the cream's only like 10 calories or 15 or whatever. And I really didn't somehow get all this. And so there was a particular chapter in the obesity code, which I'd already read it before. So I don't know how I didn't understand it the first time. But the second time I read back through it, that's when I really got the understanding about the insulin and how important it is. And that's why the reason why like, someone can say to me, don't <laughs> have the cream. But when I understand why, then all of a sudden, I'll be more likely to do it, you know. So that's when it, the light bulb really clicked. And I'm not sure at what point I really stopped doing the cream and the coffee. I want to say it was probably earlier in that year. But I remember well, like that month, like June of 2019, I started seeing like these stretch marks that I had on my thighs. They were deep and dark purple. And one day I was laying out by my pool and they were just like, once I was just gone. Wow. And I hadn't lost any weight or anything at that point. But I thought, that's really weird. So I felt on the other side to see if that they were still there. And I was like, wow. So that's when I, I emailed you on the Facebook page. And I said, well, I haven't really had any weight loss. But I, this has to mean that something good is happening in my body, right? And you were like, yeah, yeah, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... So then that's when I made this list and it was like all the things that I have to do to continue to be successful with fasting. And for me, it was, you know, I have to get my vitamins in line. I have to get my fasting, like I have to tighten my fasting window to like six hours a day or less. And I have to be consistent with it. I have to not have the, you know, 
do the clean fast. And I had to have more of a keto based approach for me personally. And that's because I was pretty metabolically broken at the time, just from years and years of the snacking and dieting and yo-yo. So anyway, I made that list and, you know, within like three months, like 20 pounds just fell right off. Wow. (laughs) Awesome. And before that, had you been losing or just kind of maintaining? No, I hadn't. I mean, really, I had been committing to like the lifestyle for so long. And I kind of felt like my friends and family were like, okay, you've been doing this, like starving yourself thing and what... (laughs) Right. <laughs> why? Why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah, but I, I just knew. I mean, it made so much intuitive sense that I knew it was going to work. You know, I get it because that little, you know, that little bit of cream just doesn't seem like it could be a lot. But really, the thing that that clicked with me the most is when I thought, "What is cream? What is milk? It is dairy. It is nature's perfect food for building a baby. That's the period of time when we're growing the most when we're a baby." And that that's a growth food. <laughs> and so, of, of course, it's not going to be fasting. But, you know, I was all the, that time, those years that I would go on and off of fasting before it became a lifestyle in 2014, I'm sure I was having those skinny lattes, calling yeah. myself fasting. <laughs> Sometimes we're just stubborn, aren't we? We just don't yeah. want to. <laughs> and I, I love how it's when you reread Obesity Code and then it clicked. You know, th- there are books that I've read multiple times. That's one of them. And you get something new out of it. Every mm-hmm. time it's like you're ready to hear the message in a different way. Yeah, it really is true. I feel like every time I listen to that, because I'll go back and listen to it once in a while, just certain chapters. And I'm like, I didn't hear that the first time, you know, so it's a really great book. So you feel better when you do more of a low carb approach. What does that look like for you? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't count my macros or keep any kind of, you know, count. But yeah, I just try to keep my meals around just, you know, meats and vegetables and and things like that, lower sugar. And, you know, now I've kind of, I've lost anywhere between 20 to 25 pounds. And so I've kept it off. And, you know, I just, when I'm starting to feel like I'm coming up a little bit, then I'll just kind of cut back on the carbs a little bit more. I'm not super strict with it. But yeah, I mean, that's, it's, I just feel like they're both tools, you know, and I don't think necessarily everyone has to do keto diet. But I think that there are a lot of people that do need to do it in combination with fasting at some point to become a fat burner. I think there was a point too that I don't know if it was a podcast of Dr. Fung's or in his obesity code or one of his other books that he, he kind of spoke about the sort of summation effect. Like if you were to have a heart attack, you wouldn't just pick like one thing out of the list that the doctor gave you, like, <laughs> you know, right. True. <laughs> so you kind of have to, at some point, just like, do all of the things. And that's kind of what sparks a change. And maybe you don't have to do that forever. It's kind of like your, you know, delay, don't deny approach for, for a certain point, you might have to put alcohol down and then, you know, you, then you start to see the change start to happen. But if you don't do all those things, at least for a period of time, then maybe nothing changes. And that's kind of where I was at in June of 2019. You have to have an understanding of it. You have to believe it in your mind and then you have to apply like those things because otherwise you're just if you're just trying to just exercise or you know just keto I've tried all those things independently <laughs> and and they didn't work but it's synergistic right yeah and, and just like our bodies our bodies are not you know an independent kind of a thing one thing happening at a time everything has you know 
one thing you change changes another thing, which changes something else. And it's all happening at different levels. So, and it all works together to keep you healthy. You know, the moving your body, the choosing the foods that work well for you. Yeah, I would say, you know, what's really interesting about it is, you know, I started the fasting like a pretty long time ago and I didn't see, you know, um, the change, like some of the bigger changes. But what one thing that's really cool is that I used to have the worst problems with my teeth. I've had a filling in every tooth, multiple crowns, multiple root canals. And as soon as I started like 2017 with fasting, even though I was doing it dirty fasting, I haven't had another cavity since. That's awesome. And that's got to be the best non-scale victory of all time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like one of those people. I was scared to go to the dentist for a long time. I don't know. I think I was traumatized by the whole braces (laughs) ordeal when I was a child. I don't know. But whatever the reason, I didn't go to the dentist for a long time. Then I had to get, I had to have a few crowns and it was, (laughs) oh, every time I went, it was just a nightmare. Like literally every six months I would go and they'd be like, oh, another cavity, another cavity. And it was, it was just, it was so anxiety producing. I mean, it's really changed my way of life. And every time I go in, even the dental hygienist is like, I've never seen anyone get better like this in their 40s. That's awesome. That's great. I did. So I hadn't been. So I finally went a couple years ago back to the dentist and they did have to do some work, like I said, but I haven't had any more cavities or anything since they took care of all that. What what is it? Deferred maintenance, I'm going to call right. it. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be good from here on out too, probably. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. But yeah, there. that's no fun. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you've, you've had that benefit. So Great dental hygiene is one non-scale victory. Now, you mentioned that you had lost 20 to 25 pounds with intermittent fasting and the the changing, you know, just find the foods that work well for you. Are you at your goal? Are you where you want to be? I'm, yeah, I'm at a good weight now. You know, of course, I select to lose another 10 pounds and kind of change just my body fat ratio. I just had a DEXA scan done last week. And so I'm like, that's something I can look at. You know, I haven't been very physically active. I kind of lost all that weight without much physical exercise. So that's kind of a, a goal for me going forward. But I'm at a healthy weight now. So That'll be interesting. I'm six foot two, so I'm really tall. Oh, oh so, gosh. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm, a, I'm about 180 to 185, depending. So I'm, okay. I'm, I'm good with that. So you're very tall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're and tall I can't tell you, we can guess. see each other. Listeners don't know we can yeah. see each other, but I would never have guessed that. Of course, yeah. we're sitting down in chairs. And yeah, I'm like probably a full foot taller than you. So yeah, I'm five, five, so almost. That's right. So um, when are you going to repeat the DEXA scan? I want to give it a couple of months. Um, I want to increase like my lifting. And then I also want to, well, Knock on wood, I have my husband on board too. We're trying to stop drinking for a couple months. So trying that out. Still, you know, (laughs) I get it. It makes such a difference for me. And I know listeners have heard me the whole struggle through of realizing that, yeah, um, it really does make a difference for me. I just feel so much better. The other night I'm like, what if I have a beer? How will that be? No, (laughs) I didn't sleep at all. Yeah, really are you something better without the alcohol? That's what I was just about to say. It really does improve your sleep quality, as I've found. So it, it's amazing. How old are you? Do you mind me asking? I'm 41. Okay, okay. Yeah, the older I have gotten, the more it's it's made a difference for me. But I sleep great. And so that night, I was so mad. I kept waking up. And I'm like, why, why? <laughs> 
Because <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to be intoxicated. I just enjoy having, you know, a beverage here and there. And yeah, it was Friday yeah. and we were celebrating. <laughs> and I'm like, I can have a beer. Let's see. No. <laughs> so your husband started started along with you. How long has he been doing it? Yes. Oh, it was funny. When we moved back out to Phoenix a couple of years ago, he I was starting to try keto and he was, of course, I was doing the fasting and he wanted to do vegan. I was like, oh my gosh, this is just going to be a disaster. But anyway, he was, uh, he was pretty big. He's six, two like me and he was over 300 pounds. Okay. And he started about the same time, June of um, 2019, he really got on board with me and he's lost over 70 pounds. Oh, that's fabulous. Oh yeah. That's definitely one of the best things that's happened. Now, how is he eating? Is he eating like you or yeah. is he vegan? Or- I finally, yeah. Once I finally got him on board, because he didn't, he was eating vegan. I was eating keto and then my son was eating none of that. So it was like three wow. different meals. <laughs> I was like, this is not sustainable. It's almost like you could make one meal and then you each could eat part of it, right? <laughs> yeah. I remember we attempted this vegan Thanksgiving and I, oh. I can't even imagine. <laughs> I love I I could be vegetarian mostly, but I don't think I could be vegan. (laughs) Whatever works for you, but man, I I believe that. And and I know that vegetables and and those foods are healthy, but I really I love dairy. I love eggs and I, I do love meat here and there. So as long as we can agree to cut out the processed food, I think it's that's it. Yeah. I, I think that's the root of, of health is cutting out the processed food because that's not good for, for anybody, the junk food, the processed food. Yes. Agreed. So how old is your son now? He's seven. Okay. And and he eats all the food because yeah, he's he, seven. He definitely <laughs> has my snacking traits. So like he's Uh-oh. eating all, like he does nothing but eat fruit all day. And I'm just like, oh. well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Why you're that's hungry a, all the time? <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Is he going to school? Are they are they in person or are they virtual? He is in person right now. Yeah, he's actually online in person, which is very bizarre. But <laughs> that is weird. See, the teacher in me is like super like interested in how everyone's doing school right now. Yeah, he's got a great teacher, so hopefully he can get back to being in person with her soon. So they're in person, but they're doing virtual. Yeah, it's at his school, but his teacher is teaching somewhere else remotely. I don't understand it fully. Okay. The kids are there in person. Yes. Okay. Watching but a teacher. It's only, well, because I'm in medical, there's a small group of people that are allowed to do that. So, okay. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so in your medical work, do you see a lot of people who need intermittent fasting in their lives? I would imagine you do. Oh yeah. I'm so glad you asked this question because part of my job is I do telemedicine. So I just am doing diabetic retinopathy surveillance, um, which is just where they take pictures of people's eyes from all over the country and they send them to my location in Phoenix. And we just grade how much retinopathy they have. And, you know, prior to finding all this intermittent fasting, I kind of just saw diabetes as just a chronic, progressive, irreversible condition. Right. And so this is why I'm so impassioned by this cause to kind of spread awareness of it is. I've just seen so many people get sicker and sicker and go blind. And as you may or may not know, diabetes is a leading cause of blindness in this country and working age adults. Um, so that's kind of my desire to spread this message that it doesn't have to be that way. You know, it truly, I've just heard on your show and countless other places that you can reverse diabetes and that just not anything that the general public believes, <laughs> you know. And even, you know, I think because the medical profession 
taught that and and believed it and saw that and I'm not criticizing the medical profession because people learn from from each other and the prevailing wisdom was based on what doctors saw diabetes always progresses it always gets worse it never gets better there's nothing you can do so you see that over and over and over again and you believe it to be true yeah. And it's funny because my program is, is through the Joslin Diabetes Center, which is an affiliate of Harvard Medical School. And so one of the chapters at Obesity Code, uh, Dr. Fung's actually talking about the founder of Joslin, who was Elliot Joslin. And one of his earliest interventions for fasting or for diabetes was fasting. <laughs> oh, wow. so it kind of comes full circle. And it's funny, he fasted patients in the early 19th century or in the early 1900s. And that was the treatment for diabetes. And of course, it worked great for half the people with diabetes and for half the people, they died because half were type 2 and half were type 1. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. So the, the ones that died were the type 1. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so then when the invention of insulin came along, you know, that's when fasting just went away because it's much easier to inject insulin. And then, you know, that's kind of where I think there was a misstep there because as we know, fasting had a and therapeutic intervention for diabetics. So um, it's been there. It, it's, it's the whole misunderstanding of blood glucose and the only thing that was, you know, the, the whole goal of managing diabetes, particularly, you know, type 2 diabetes where it went so wrong, it was just getting that blood glucose down and right. giving more and more insulin. That was the only way to bring the blood glucose down. But the more and more insulin made more and more problems. Mm -hmm. And it really wasn't, to my understanding, making the blood sugar go down. It was just making it look like it was better, right? right. So it was hiding it around. Right. I read a great a great journal article that some one of the moderators shared it in the Delay Don't Deny Advanced group, maybe over the like last summer, but I hadn't seen it. But it was a great journal article. I think it might have been written by a nurse, and it said, "Are we?" monitoring the wrong thing, talking about monitoring A1C levels, and instead, should you be monitoring fasted insulin levels? Because that's the, you know, that, your fasted insulin level is, is a precursor to A1C going up. Your fasted insulin levels go up, and then your A1C starts to go up. So if you can get a handle on it early, you can reverse it. But, you know, we're, we're not, you know, most doctors don't even think about or even understand why would you want a fasted insulin level? Yeah, I think they're really yeah. on the right track there. And I think they should almost do away with these, you know, uh, random blood glucose because you've seen with, and as I have with these continuous blood glucose monitors, how random, you know, right. <laughs> your blood sugar can fluctuate just so much in any given day. So it's true. And it's, it's like the person who was really upset one day and she's like, I, I just had my my blood glucose checked and it's five points higher than it was the, when I had it checked a few months ago. Why is it going the wrong way? I'm like, five points is just, <laughs> that can vary from, you know, minute to minute. You know, really, maybe your blood glucose is worse now over t overall, but you can't tell just from one, one little piece of data. And it probably isn't, but it's just a matter of the blood glucose really does go up and down a lot during the day and the night and <laughs> while you're sleeping, it does crazy things too. I had no idea about all that. So are you talking about fasting with patients at all? Gosh, I just did a video about this the other day. No, I'm not. I don't feel like it's not necessarily my place right now okay. as an optometrist to, you know, if people ask me specifically what I do, what I have done, if they, you know, notice I've lost weight, I'll 
I'll tell them. But I do, I mean, that is something I'm thinking about. I'm going to be retiring in a few years. And I, I was thinking about, what, you know, what does the next chapter look like for me? Is there a way I can incorporate optometry and my passion for fasting? Like, how will this, how will these two kind of merge? But right now, you know, it goes against everything that they're saying in the primary yeah. care clinic, everything they're saying in the dietary clinic. They don't even really, infor- they don't recommend low carbon, you know, wow. clinic. So diabetic. So it's very fine line to walk right now at this point. That's got to be really frustrating. And, you know, Dr. Fung came from being a nephrologist, which is kidney, um, you know, and, and everyone he saw or his patients, more and more of them were were diabetic over time. And that would lead, of course, to the kidney issues. And you're, you're seeing it from the, from the optometry side. Now, as an optometrist and MD, I can never keep it straight. No, we're not. Okay. The, the ophthalmologists are the Ophthalmolo- I can never yeah. remember which is which. Okay. <laughs> Optometrist, ophthalmologist. I, I thought I wasn't certain about that. But I wonder if, you know, a- after you retire, you could find some sort of a way to bridge that, you know, between the medical community and the, and the Native American community who really needs the message. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. I know, and I feel like because of our genetic ancestry, like Native Americans would do so well at fasting, you know, because they have lived through periods, like in the, it's in their genetics, they have lived through periods of um, having to, you know, go through periods of not having food. I mean, I, I think that the things that make them store fat or make them more obesity prone, I'm, I'm speaking because I'm also Native American, it, it would be things that would make them really great at fasting and have great success with it, I think. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing, but that's what I, I think they would do really well. Yeah, and I bet you could be a great advocate. You could, um, you know, team up with some some clinics, some medical, other medical people in the area, and y'all could develop a practice like Dr. Fung and his intensive dietary management group in Canada. Y'all could do something like that there. That would be so neat. I would love that. That would be a great way to give back. But that it's would just be. bridging that gap to where I have the right credentials and don't sound like I'm just, <laughs> you know, this is what I think, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's, the whole key, I think, would be teaming up with the right 
person, you know, a doctor who also became a true believer in intermittent fasting. Well, unfortunately, a lot of times, even with physicians, um, if they don't come from a place of having personal experience or personal struggle, they really don't have any incentive to change their life or look to other, you know, sort of different ideas about diet or lifestyle. They kind of just go along with, well, it works well for me to move, you know, more and eat less. Like, why doesn't it work for you? You know? <laughs> so. Exactly. Well, that's that's true. And we all tend to, to feel that way. It's like, well, if you just do what I do, it's, it'll work for you. You just must not be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but there are a lot of doctors out there who have struggled. And those are the ones, you're right, the ones who have struggled themselves and realized that eat less, move more didn't help them find the magic that they were, they kept, you know, prescribing it and it wasn't working for their patients or for them. Right. But yeah, it's good. I have excitement around medicine again. You know, it is, like you said, discouraging to watch people just going on this downhill trajectory. And the more people that like you that are out there and the more, you know, articles that I release, hopefully the more people that inspires change. And and once they see it with their own eyes, they really can't refute it, you know. That's true. That's true. So, you know, you mentioned that your husband is an intermittent faster now and he's done great. Do you share with other people in your life as well? Oh, yes. I got my sister and her husband fasting and uh, they're both doing great. And then I'm trying to get my mom on board as well. That's awesome. I've mentioned it before, but I think my mom could benefit from fasting and so could my dad, but neither of them will do it. So. Yeah, I just sent her your book. So hopefully. Oh, good. She's yeah. reading it. <laughs> good. I know my mom has read it, all my books and my dad, I don't know if he's read it, but <laughs> my mom's like, I can't, I got to eat frequently during the day. And I'm like, no, mom, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and it really, it makes me sad. My dad has, you know, some health issues that I'm pretty sure could benefit from intermittent fasting, but um, fingers crossed, you know, one day perhaps. <laughs> So your your sister, your sister and her husband, when did they start? They started, it's getting pretty close to a year for them. And my sister used to have those spasms, like in esophageal spasms. Oh, gosh. And she had, those were really scary. And um, she's not had any since she started doing that. So that's, I'm really grateful for that. So, um, yeah, but she, yeah, that's your podcast too. So shout out to Amy. Awesome. Yay. Hello, Amy. Good. I'm glad you're not having esophageal spasms because that sounds terrible. Yeah. It's scary. <laughs> so what are some other non-scale victories or health benefits that you've seen for yourself? Well, of course, my biggest one's going to be my, you know, my teeth, but then I do have some other pretty big ones. I've always had asthma and that's pretty much gone away. Awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> don't take medicine for that anymore. And I don't have, I used to get sick all the time, like chronic cold, sinus infections. That's pretty much gone. And they would be like weeks at a time and just like that you can't get rid of colds, you know. And let's see. Um, I actually did have pretty good improvement in my blood markers. I was all of my, like my triglycerides were over 300 and now they're 75. Wow. Um, so that's big. My cholesterol was pretty high as well as my HDL improved. So, you know, um, my LDL is still a little high, but from what I understand, that's not necessarily a concern, but yeah, um, my husband and his improved health has been huge, especially in this COVID era, you know, that's oh, yeah. given me some, you know, sort of peace of mind. I actually wound up working in the ER um, night shift this year 
kind of not outside of my optometry job through um, Indian Health Service. And so I felt really fortunate to not um, be as at risk for I never wound up knock on wood eating COVID. And I was sitting right all night, you know, next to sick patients, you know, one after the other. So that that was a real um, blessing, you know, have my improved health. So just a peace of mind that 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 provided. I think that for me, the same thing, you know, like you mentioned that you used to get sick a lot. I used to get sick all the time and just, you know, I haven't had to be, had to go to the doctor for illness since 2015. And then I had the flu. Now I'm not going to say that I I haven't, you know, had a cold or even had the flu or that fasting will protect you from getting coronavirus, but I like to think that it does help our immune systems. You know, we know that. It certainly does because I think just overall the inflammation that your body is having to fight, you know, overall is down. And so these other things that might uh, otherwise attack you, you, you have a better fight against them, you know? Exactly. Your body has time to do those things, you know, to work on fighting off the, you know, intruders, as, as if you will, because it's not so busy trying to digest all those frequent meals. Yeah. Yep. I think that's a really good point. Yeah, I think so too. So what would you tell someone who's just starting with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I guess just patience. I know everybody says that, but you know, just because you aren't seeing a change in your weight, it doesn't mean that you're not having wonderful health benefits below the surface that you're not seeing. You know, if you have a fatty liver or if you have stretch marks or if you have asthma, those are all things your body might be working on under the surface. And a lot of those issues are a lot more important than, you know, what you actually weigh or how you, you know, look in your clothes. Those are the things that kind of maybe aren't as incentivizing as saying looking good in a bikini, but those are way more important over the long run and just stick with it. You know, even like I said, when I wasn't seeing major changes, just look at my improved dental health. I mean, you know, you might chalk it up to the frequency of eating, but then when you start seeing the other changes that happen, like those stretch marks going away and the, you know, cholesterol improving and the blood sugar improving and all these other health markers that really are telltale signs, um, it's pretty hard to refute that there's power behind the science of the fasting. Absolutely. And you know, what would you say to someone who's struggling with, you know, like you were the cream in the coffee or you know, the butter in the coffee or the, you know, the whatever it is that people just are holding on to. What would, what would you say to them? <laughs> I would say, you know, really educate yourself, read the obesity code, read Jen's books, because a lot of times just, it's just a fundamental level of understanding. And then it's not like being disciplined. It's just having the knowledge because if you understand it, then it, it makes total sense, you know, but until you do, it just kind of feels like a sacrifice. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Right. You know, like everybody else is having something delicious in their coffee. I should get to, too. (laughs) I told that to myself for a long time. (laughs) And then I woke up and I was obese. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's like we're all it feels like we're all on this upward trend as a society. We're just climbing more and more towards obesity and diabetes. And and that's kind of the number one message I want to send is it doesn't have to be that way, you know, and um So yeah, we have the power to change it. I think that's important. Well, Erin, thank you so much for being here with me today. And I look forward to hearing one day in the future about your dream intermittent fasting clinic that you've seen. (laughs) Yeah, you can follow me on my page. I have a little fasting page as well, um, the Fasting OD um, on Facebook and the Fasting.OD on Instagram if you want to follow me for my 
journey. Awesome. Thank you so much. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.